I'm just gonna say this and get it out of the way. Oh my god, what? I think Elliot Spitzer's super hot. <laughs> you know, I have to say something. Yeah, oh yeah? It's been a really long time <laughs> since you've lusted uh-huh. over a subject of one of our documentaries. Yeah. Isn't it? It's been a while. I think so. I think I scared you off That's with true. Ted Bundy. I think I was like, girl, don't you don't you say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Before we get to the show, reminder, you guys, we've got two more live shows for the rest of the year. If you want to see us live, you've got two more chances. Okay, well, get on it. We're coming to Toronto in September to do the Just for Laughs Festival. Oh we're doing a full live show. And then in October here in the city, we're doing a whole show about Maura Murray with Lance and Tim from the Missing Maura Murray podcast and Maggie from the Oxygen series. And I can't wait. I'm obsessed. Lancey and Timmy and Maggie Oh My. Lancey and Timmy and Maggie Oh My. For the Maura Murray live show, I just want to say, we're talking about Lance and Tim's documentary that they made. We're talking about the Oxygen series. We're making mm-hmm. fun of the boys. We're making fun of the oxygen. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask real questions. You guys are going to get to ask questions. Yes. Will there be answers? Probably not. <laughs> but God damn it, we're coming with our questions. Oh wait, what about our Patreon? Oh my God, you guys, Patreon. Oh my God. At the $5 level, you get our coverage of <laughs> Lorena, mm-hmm. The Staircase, yep. Serial Season 1, The Jinx, Yes. Making a Murderer, all zillion episodes. The Disappearance of Madeline McCann, which we're almost done with. I know, six episodes in already. I know. So you guys, at the $10 level, you get all of that plus ad-free episodes. At the $7 level, you get the after party. You and me hang out. Yeah. We talk about the episode or we talk about something else. There's that uh, that great one where we talk about the live show and we yeah. play a whole bunch of clips from the live show. Or we just like talk about our lives or yeah. we just hang. And you are invited <laughs> to our to the star table, as they exactly. say. Exactly. And, and also ringtones, right? $7 yes. level ringtones? That's right. You get breaking news. You also get the the rock star version or the ballad version of our, you know, Jillian Pensavalli, Patrick Kind's theme song. Uh huh. You get it all. All right, let's get to this Elliot Spitzer mess. Okay. <laughs> Don't have to ask me twice. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> There's no way around it. There's like a lot of sex workers in this in this episode. Yeah, they call themselves all types of things. It's true. Sex workers, prostitutes, hookers. They they say them, you guys. We're <laughs> quoting them, okay? We're doing our goddamn best. Isn't it obvious? We're trying. It's true. This kind of went over my head when it happened. Is that crazy? No, I think it was just right before I started to care about politics. Same with Anthony Weiner. I was just kind of like, what? It's kind of like when you're when you're walking in New York City and you see a celebrity and you're like, oh, it's that guy. Right. Like it was kind of like, oh, it's that another New Yorker did something. Whatever, all right. I'm late. I'm late. I gotta go. We knew that folks would come down hard on us if we ever stumbled, which is why the downfall was so shocking. When I assumed office, which was January of 1999, investment bankers were, to use Tom Wolfe's great phrase, masters of the universe. CEOs began to take everything they could, and ultimately that was going to destroy our economy. They literally were terrified at this guy coming after them. The New York Times and the Fox Governor Spitzer's mystery call girl as Ashley Dupree. I have acted in a way that violates my or any sense of right and wrong. Cheers erupted on trading floors as word spread of Governor Spitzer's stunning downfall. Do not publicly go take me out as leader. This man really intended to destroy me. New York, New York. New York, New York. New York Confidential. Rocket fuel for winners. That's all it says. When you're sending a girl for $30,000 overnight, it doesn't feel like prostitution. (laughs) He showed up clearly trying not to be recognized. I'm like, don't tell me it's that guy again. 
Joe Bruno hired the country's most notorious dirty trickster, Roger Stone. Sure, I believe in the gonzo brand of uh, politics. Porter was told to look at client nine. He was enemy number one. The governor felt like he was under surveillance. Both Greenberg and Langone hired PR firms to go after Spitzer. You tell your buddy, I'm going to put a spike through his heart. And this is a tyrant. The man's entire life is a lie. These are the guys that got us to the brink of disaster. And Elliot Spitzer was after them years before the collapse occurred. There are all sorts of rumors about bringing me down. I brought myself there. We're at war. This is a war. Can I, before we get started, can I say this? Yeah. This cover of New York, New York that's Look. opening, I was, who is it? I love it. Start spreading the news. I have in my notes, LOL, LOL, LOL. I was like the sexy New York, New York version with like sound bites of the case or the situation or the uh-huh. mess or what have you. I'm like, what is happening? I loved it. I was like, first I was like, is this Fiona Apple? It is not Fiona Apple. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, but you would strip to it. That's your stripper song. <laughs> Just say it. I want you all to imagine me stripping to this New York, New York. With the sound bites. <laughs> You're welcome, America. How does this start, girl? Oh, God. So we get a, this 2006 campaign ad for Spitzer for governor. What I'm most proud of as attorney general is that we were willing to walk into the buzzsaw of some very powerful interests and never back down. They're all so goddamn cheesy. These ads, my God. I know. And then we get Elliot Spitzer just being a douche, like right from the top. It is, to a certain extent, a very classic tale, perhaps, of an individual who, from the exterior, appears to have been captured by hubris. I was like, oh, are you going to be this insufferable the whole time? He's like, it goes back to the days of Greek mythology. This is not new. And I was like, am I going to have to spend two hours with this dick? Uh, No, because at least for a couple minutes we get this, quote, artist. Okay. Hulbert Waldrop. (laughs) Real name? Question mark? Probably not. I'm going to go with probably not. For seemingly eight minutes. Yeah. He keeps talking about how all New Yorkers are animals. Right. They're hungry to make more money. Hungry to to get more sex, to date a, a prettier girl or a richer guy, just just hungry, just greedy, just animals. I just say this guy keeps talking about how humans are animals. Who is this person again? Is he still talking about how we're animals? <laughs> and then he says how humans are like a mashup of angels and animals. Because he read it in like a fortune cookie or whatever. <laughs> this Chinese philosopher said that uh, human beings are a hybrid between. Animals and angels that were capable of animalistic behavior. Consider sex and war, but we're capable of doing beautiful things too, like art, music, or making love, you know? But he's the type of person who says the term, like, well, in the art world, and like means it. <laughs> right. <laughs> And that just makes me insane. Yeah, it does not take him long at all to get mixed up in the world of prostitution. So Hold tight. He's thrilled about it. Just <laughs> buckle up. And then it cuts to the end. We see Elliot Spitzer giving the press conference. The press, capital T. Yeah, and like, again, his wife, who we're going to find out is brilliant and smart and wonderful and they generous. Always are. Giving, just standing by his side mm-hmm. while he stands there and gives a press conference about having sex with a whole bunch of hookers. Hookers, their word, you guys. I did not say that word. That's what they call themselves. Today, I want to briefly address a private matter. 
I have acted in a way that violates my obligations to my family and that violates my or any sense of right and wrong. So, I don't know. I want to see the one wife who's like, no, bitch, I'm not standing next to you out there. You're on your goddamn own. You're looking at her. And, exactly. <laughs> and this is no shade to the wives. I cannot imagine what they're going through. No, no, no. I'm no. just saying, like, they are so lucky, these men, that these women agree to do that. Right. And also, speaking of lucky, this person, Lloyd Constantine, who's like a former advisor of Spitzer, blah, 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 he comes and goes. Yeah. Caught me off guard. Because <laughs> he says Ellie Spitzer was a member of, quote, the Lucky Sperm Club. Yeah. <laughs> I have about 11 question marks I can show you. This was a guy who understood that he had been a member of the the Lucky Sperm Club. He was really smart. He was wealthy. So he had gotten a lot of breaks in life, and he wanted to, to, to use that to better the world. Yeah. Is, is that a thing? Healthy no. sperm? I've never heard that term in my goddamn life. I never want to hear it again. No, me either. But I think what he's trying to say is that Elliot Spitzer is one of those guys who knew that he was like born into wealth. Sure. Born into privilege. Yeah. And he was, and Elliot Spitzer was trying to make a difference. And this is where there's a lot of crossover with the Anthony Weiner doc. If you guys haven't listened to our Weiner episode, it's one of my favorites. Go listen to it right now. Yeah. But, you know, he's a good, smart, strong, liberal man who's trying to make a difference. Well, the reason we're even talking about this, the reason there is a rise and fall of Elliot Spitzer. Uh-huh. is because he was known as the sheriff of Wall Street. Right. He was prosecuting these rich Wall Street dudes who like eventually screwed up the economy. Right. Like they were the criminals they are. So this is where we see that like when he became attorney general of New York, his whole focus was on Wall There's Street. There's a reason why Elliot Spitzer became famous as New York's attorney general. The job had been a second tier position. It had been focused on regulating crooked car dealers. And Elliot Spitzer focused on Wall Street, on the biggest guys around. And Spitzer's premise which was right, was that Wall Street can't be left to regulate itself or terrible things will happen. And Elliot Spitzer came in and was like, we need to fix this shit. You know, the regular people like you and me mm-hmm. were being defrauded by people who knew more and worked in the financial world. Right. And before that, his whole thing was like, he wants to use the law to the advantage of society and change the way it works. Like from big things to like suing General Electric for pollution right. and all this horrible stuff to helping the real people, like a minimum wage for delivery people. Exactly. It's, and it was just, that's what he wanted. And you're like, oh my God, this dude kind of rules. And you know, we learn about like all these stock analysts and how they really understood the system. In the course of this investigation, my office developed evidence indicating that analysts gave misleading advice that helped the brokerage's investment banking clients but harmed individual investors. They're propping up these bad stocks and getting people who, like me who don't know anything, mm-hmm. who are trying to invest and save money and maybe make a little money. They're getting them to invest in these bad stocks and then the whole thing collapses and everybody loses money but them. You know we're like the prime target for this. 100%. Or, or we used to be. I would have been like, ooh, I would have been like Jane from Madeline McCann Epps if you yeah. the guys are the Patreon fam. I would be like... I'm doing this all wrong, right? I'm so sorry. Oh, God. I'm, thank you so much for wasting your time with little old me. I know. This is what Elliot Spitzer was trying to regulate. And really, for like the good of the common person. And also, money aside, fraud aside, nonsense aside, they're just dude bros who just need to be stopped. Exactly. Stop the dude bros. <laughs> Petsavali 2020. Stop the dude bros. We don't go south of 14th Street except for one reason. To make money. The guy's on the floor. All they cared about was making money. That's what... That's that's the American way. Now all of a sudden we meet this woman, Zana Brazdek. Mm-hmm. I think is how you say her name. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you say her name. I'm obsessed with <laughs> I have rich lovers. I don't go out with poor men. I've got no reason to do so. 
she is a sex worker. Well, yeah, she she used to work at the Emperor's Club VIP, which was an escort service. Correct. Girl, run a comb through your hair. <laughs> it really looks like she just got in from a long night and she's fine with it. Like she was late yeah, uh-huh. for this interview. She was supposed to be there at 9.30. Two o'clock rolls around. <laughs> she puts her keys in. Oh, you guys, is that today? Okay. <laughs> She, you could tell she just did this to her hair. She just like ran her hands through her hair because her hair is like out on the side, but she still looks pretty hot. So, you know, like she has been out all night long. What do you want to ask me? And she calls them like she sees them. She talks in sound bites. I God know. bless her. I know. Some of my favorites. Would yeah, like, please. I have rich lovers. I don't go out with poor men. I've got no reason to do so. <laughs> She doesn't believe she's selling her body. She's renting it, which is an actual, a totally valid argument, yes. 100%. Totally. It's up to her if that's what she wants to do. She's renting it one zillion percent. And then. I mean, this is what this documentary should be called. I love my bank account full. <laughs> it's better than empty. <laughs> Look, this woman knows who she is, for sure. And I need to know more about her. Well, you're going to learn more about her later. She's there's a really great story. We're going to come back to her later. Did you catch the sculpture in the background? I missed it. There's this gigantic, I don't mean gigantic, sculpture of feet behind her. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's very, it's not sexy feet. It's not like sexy feminine feet. But it's like the, it's like the bottom of feet that's like cr- scrunched up. It's very weird and like some rich idiot bought it for her. Uh-huh. Just like, Zana, I know you love this, right? And she's like, okay, sweetheart. Did you, are the reservations have been made. <laughs> so now we're back with the painter guy. Remember the weird painter guy? We don't know why he's here. Humphrey, Humboldt, whatever. whatever. He's like, he's telling the story about how he's down in Soho selling his art on the street. Charismatic fellow comes along and he's got a beautiful girl with him. This girlfriend at the time, Natalia. So this is the number one escort in New York City. Cuts to a cover of New York Magazine uh-huh. that she is on as the number one escort in New York City. I have some questions, though. Yeah. Number one. I'm, re- I'm. This is no shade. I'm genuinely asking. Is she number one meaning the best at what she does or just the most expensive? Like, there is a difference. Like, the- is she just, like, the best, like, all across the board? I'm curious about <laughs> also, this. Also, how is that ranking system done? Is it a Michelin star system? How many people or- are willing to be polled <laughs> right. to a- answer this? I just have a lot of questions about it. The point is, this dude bro is just like bragging about his girlfriend who just ends up on the cover of New York Magazine so she's doing something right this dude bro we have footage of him he is the worst his business card says New York Confidential the name of the the escort service rocket fuel for winners oh my god Uh, he's wearing a t-shirt that says I'm your girlfriend's pimp It is so insane. But the reason we're here is we're learning that New York Confidential offers something kind of exclusive. In 2004, New York Confidential was at its height, making millions by offering clients the girlfriend experience. They define what that is on their website, and we see it. Mm -hmm. You get a few hours with naughty playmates who look like college cheerleaders. You get passionate kissing, hugging, love, affection. You're the center of the girls' universe for the entire time you're together. Also, none of the girls have ever escorted before. That's a lie. Oh, yeah. All of the girls have careers or go to school. We interview 50 girls for every one that we hire. Because we do learn. Many of them have, like, this is their side job. One young lady was a school teacher. Another girl was a... She was an athlete trying to make it to the Olympics. Actresses, singers, models. It made me think of Liz Lemon when she has that like nightmare of being a, a hooker and she like leans into the car window and she's like, $500 for kissing, $10,000 for snuggling, end of list. <laughs> 
Those things are super intimate. And what they're saying is like they're trying to really, even now, like prove how elite they were back in the day. Yeah. And then we start to meet some of the women. So we meet this woman like Natalia. Yeah. Natalia, who's a former escort. She goes. Assumption that they're not being sexually satisfied in their marriage or there's baggage or whatever's going on there. And then, you know, what's their option? Do they get divorced? Do they split up their family or do they seek, you know, do they go see an escort? You know, if men are unhappy, what do they do? They split up their family or they go see an escort. I'm like, are those the only two options? <laughs> Feels yeah. like there's, are those the only two? Okay. I, don't, <laughs> I trust Natalia. I don't know. I this know. is her wheelhouse, not mine. I'm just talking about the documentary, you guys. So Natalia tells us about Ashley. And Ashley is the woman that Elliot Spitzer gets busted with at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So her name is Ashley Dupre. It's, it should be Dupree, but she pronounces it Dupre because she's she's her, who she is. <laughs> Listen, this guy, Jason, the dude bro, Uh who runs New York Confidential, he found her at the Gansevoort Hotel. Bottle service. A bottle service waitress. What was she trying to do? Break into the music industry. (laughs) And oh, she, listen, she never really gives up that dream. We're going to get back to that later too. Geraldo's involved. Stay tuned. She was a good American, New Jersey, Italian girl. Guys loved her. She had great pheromones or something, you know? Within three or four weeks... You know, her rate was going up there to 2000 an hour with a two-hour minimum. Her reviews were awesome as well. I think she got a, she got something like 12 consecutive 1010 reviews. After we did our first appointment together, I told Jason, I'm like, you got to book this girl. <laughs> first of all, she's great, but she also has a perfect coochie. Guys loved her. She was a good American. What the fuck? <laughs> But they do sort of talk about this woman, Ashley, as though she really did have something special. This uh, other... She was a party girl who was down for whatever. Exactly. And this other this woman, Natalia, is saying, like, she when as soon as I met her, I called Dude Bro and was like, you have to hire her right now. She's amazing. And her coochie is perfect. She also has a perfect coochie. Natalia? <laughs> She says it not a not a dra- not a not a millimeter of irony. No, I know, I know. She's Natalia's like, really impressed, right? And Natalia, which I also there was part of me that's like women supporting women. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> like Ashley could be taking some of Natalia's money. It's true. But she was just like, let's bring her in. Like she's really good at this. It's true. So, no surprise, New York Confidential gets raided, mm-hmm. and they get mm-hmm. shut down, and we find out that Ashley quote goes to work for another company. You guys, it's girls gone wild. Have to move on to work. For another escort service. Another douchey dude, bro. I know. But like this like escort that we've just been told is like basically the world's best escort is now like shilling for Girls Gone Wild. I mean. I know. I know. <laughs> One important thing to note about New York Confidential, no customers were arrested. Put a pin in that. We'll get back to it. So here we are again. Like Elliot Spitzer was the people's attorney. As we've been saying, what was really set him apart was that he wasn't afraid to take on big corporate interests mm-hmm. and really he go for to it. The system. So he'd get the goods on a company or on people and use it as leverage to institute reform, to force the industry to change the way it did business. A lot of people thought that was outrageous. Elliot Spitzer was really good at his job. Yes, and the thing is, like, it kind of seemed like, oh, like, white-collar crime, whatever. But the thing is, these dudes were so powerful because they were so rich. Right. And for him to say, like, no, you're just as bad as, like, the street criminals. Like, you're still a disservice to society, and I still want to change the game. Right. Like, you, we can't, we, no, 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 you can't survive as you are, and I'm going to step up to you publicly. Right. And I'm not going to take your settlement deals, Merrill Lynch. Exactly. Because that's not going to change the game. Right. The dude had integrity with this. <laughs> Um, ladies and gentlemen, Angelina has arrived. When people are respectful. They just want to have a nice time with someone. Many of my clients are nicer to me than many 
many of the dates I've been on. In fact, um, I've stopped dating in the real world, partly because it would be complicated and partly because my standards lifted, you know. <laughs> we meet this woman, Angelina. She's an escort. And at first I was like, she's talking different. She's talking a little bit different than like the other escorts. Like her cadence has seemed a little different. Right. So the reason Angelina's here is because now Ashley Dupre, yeah. who's like, who is like the escort of the scandal of Elliot Spitzer's, like she was all over the paper. And became super famous because she was the one that was supposed to be like Elliot Spitzer's girl. Like favorite. Yeah. So now screw New York Confidential. We're done with them. Yeah. It's all about the Emperor's Club. Right. Angelina works with Ashley at the Emperor's Club. So we'll learn this later, but Ashley, the one that, that he got busted with, mm-hmm. he, who got Girls famous, Gone Wild. Right. Exactly. Who like was trying to parlay that into an actual music career. Please. He was only with, with her that one time. This girl, Angelina, who we're talking to right now, she's the one that he flew all over the world to be with him because she was his favorite. So this is where we see Ashley on 2020 talking to Diane Sawyer about how she made a mistake and she's trying to get better and and Angelina is just not having she that. She catered to the stereotypes of hookers, which are, you know, poor me, I had a troubled childhood, I made a mistake, which is such a load of crap. We are being paid ridiculous amounts of money. None of these women are forced to do this, and they're not stupid. Many of the professional prostitutes that I know are very smart women who weren't abused, you know, don't have a mental disorder. They just happen to believe in this kind of work. Right, because Diane Sawyer was trying to be like the scolding mom. Yeah. And Ashley, who was known as Kristen at the Emperor's Club, sort of played the whole stereotype of like, poor me, I had a bad childhood, and Angelina's like, er... That's bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> because Angelina tells us some cliches are true, being an escort, and some of them are not. Yeah, a lot of bankers, a lot of lawyers. That whole party drug scene, not really a thing. Yeah. The like crazy wild sex parties, like not really. These are just smart women who believed in this line of work to make money. Now we have to talk, we have to tell you something about Angelina because yes. we are going to find out that Angelina was really Spitzer's favorite. This woman who we are talking to, who is Angelina, is not Angelina. She's yeah. an actress. Mm-hmm. So the real Angelina only agreed to be interviewed by the director if he didn't use her name, her image, her voice. So basically the director did an interview with the real Angelina and then hired this actress to play Angelina for the film and this actress is fucking great. She's in Boardwalk Empire. Like I have to She's like, she's badass. I liked her scenes the best because I was like, oh my God, she's acting. Yeah. But her point is like, look, we're being paid a ridiculous amount of money. None of these women are being forced to do this. Right. Okay, so basically Elliot Spitzer had two main enemies Mm -hmm. who were integral to his downfall. This documentary spends about 20 minutes on each of these stories. We're not going to do that. Right. Their names are Dick Grasso and Ken Langone. Right. Basically, Dick Grasso, the reason that he and Elliot Spitzer hate each other is because he was the CEO of the stock exchange and Elliot Spitzer thought this guy made too much money. Not only was Grasso paid an average annual salary of $20 million, his retirement package totaled nearly $140 million. There's a statute in New York that says the value of the paycheck that the head of a not-for-profit receives must be commensurate with the value of the services provided. I like Dick. He's a decent guy. He didn't provide services worth $139 million. And when this guy left his job, Spitzer wanted him to pay back like $100 million of his salary and benefits. And this guy, Langone, who was one of the people who like determined that this guy should make that much money, mm-hmm. said absolutely not. And so he and Elliot Spitzer became mortal enemies over I'd that. I'd like to think I'm not a vindictive person. And a basic tenet of my faith is forgiveness. The most harm that Elliot Spitzer's done to me is I am defying my faith. I can't forgive him. And I should. But I can't. Right. And this is so crazy. Like, without getting into the politics of it, the way they are just like, 
No, I totally deserve that $100 million for scamming people. Right. These people are talking to camera today. Yeah. Doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on like- I earned that money. That's my money. I stole it fair and square. (laughs) How dare you, Elliot Spitzer? And so the other mortal enemy is a guy named Hank Greenberg, who's the CEO of AIG, this this huge insurance company. And basically, AIG was defrauding people and they were, you know, they were were another one where Spitzer was like, if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to be responsible for the downfall of our economy. We can't have this. So Spitzer goes after Hank Greenberg too. The more we dug into AIG, the more problematic the company itself appeared to me to be. And the disconcerting aspect of it was that it did appear to come from the very top. So this guy, Langone and Greenberg, they're the two that hate Spitzer. They are mortal enemies. I just want to say, right at this moment, we get Maria Bartiromo, who was the, the anchor woman on CNBC. Uh-huh. She's in this for a second. You guys, come to the after party for this episode. What? Because my very first job in New York, I worked for CNBC. That was my very first job. Shut up! And I have a couple of really hilarious stories, and one of them involves Maria Bartiromo. Oh, I can't. Same table, right? Same table at the after party. Okay, I'm going right, to tell right. you the whole story. Bottle service, just yeah. <laughs> just to say on theme. <laughs> exactly, of course. Great. We have to drink that whole bottle of Belvedere, girl. We'll have to move the after party to the Gansevoort. Nope. <laughs> Not on your life. You can pay me enough to go there. So now we come back to Elliot Spitzer and like the director, Alex Gibney. And the director says to him, I'd like to move on to the Emperor's Club. Elliot Spitzer's whole demeanor changes. Elliot, I have a question for you. Yeah. What exactly did you think we were doing here? I know. Did you really think we weren't going to talk about this? Here's the thing, though. We learned this towards the end of the movie. Elliot Spitzer was never charged with a crime. Nope. So I thought this was his big mea culpa. Like, I got busted. I went to jail. No. I had to pay all this money. I'm here to, like, say I'm sorry. So I think Elliot Spitzer is going to keep a lot of shit close to the vest because he was never charged with anything. Nope. But then, of course, he the director is saying to him, you were so popular. It was 2006. You were on top of the world. You were going to be governor. And everyone just assumed you were going to be president. Was so how did you let this happen? And Elliot Spitzer compares himself to Icarus. Well, if your point is things were as good as they could get from a political perspective, I suppose that's right. And the only metaphor I can think of perhaps is Icarus. Those whom the gods would destroy, they make all powerful. He cannot fucking help himself. And all of this comes to pass. He becomes governor. Yeah, he had an over 60% approval rating in 2006, which was, I mean, a really, really big deal. And he becomes governor with like 66% of the vote. It's completely unprecedented. I mean, there's sound bites of everyone's like, there's our next president. Get yeah. ready, get ready. And he was really like, he was on the path to that. It's true. Meanwhile. So, <laughs> so now we meet Cecile. Uh, Cece. How do you, okay, Cece. They call her Cece. I'm Cece. calling her Cece. How, okay, what's her deal? Cece, at the time, in 2006, yeah. she was the 22-year-old CEO of the Emperor's Club. Dot, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> we meet her now. She is all giggles. She really is all giggles. She spent time in prison, but she's all giggles. She. We learned that this woman, Cece, at like 19 years old, dropped out of college to because she fell in love with and married or whatever the guy who owned the Emperor's Club. 60-year-old Mark... And listen, she talks about him to this day like the love of her goddamn Mm -hmm. life. It's kind of amazing. Not only were we lovers, but we also had the business, so everything was all wrapped up into one. And I love him, so I still do. 
We don't see him. I don't know if they're still together. I don't know if he's still alive. But it's, she talks about him like like there are hearts coming out of her eyes, absolutely. Amelie style, when she talks about this guy. Absolutely. So Cece tells us some things about Elliot Spitzer's yeah. uh, tenure at the Emperor's Club. What was his name? Uh, Mr. George Fox. Much better than Carlos Danger. <laughs> I was right? thinking the same thing. So much better. Again, if you guys have not listened to our Wiener episode, go. It's golden. Go right. listen the to it. The very first time that he called, I answered the phone. And he called and he was whispering. So I thought it was a prank. And so uh, the other booker called and said, okay, I'm ready to start answering the phones. So we transferred the phone to her and I said, oh, I just spoke with someone, you know, I'm gonna let you handle that. And apparently he saw, I think three people in a row just back to back that evening. So I guess it wasn't a prank. <laughs> Elliot, girl. Had a lot, a lot of business to take care of. <laughs> The one thing I want to say about CC is that, like, you guys, they're running an escort service. It's prostitution. It's illegal. That wasn't exactly how CC saw it. Well, there were times, like, I don't know, when she was sending a girl to Chicago for $30,000 a night. <laughs> she said her words, it just didn't feel like prostitution. <laughs> It's just like, says the 22 year old. I know. And she's like giggling and laughing. Like, I think even in her own mind, she's like, this whole thing is ridiculous. Right. Because she even says like, it was her idea to take the super high end. And she said she had this like diamond system on the website to right. show each girl's daily hour or rate and their, their quality. 1,000, 1,200, 1,500, 2,100, 3,100. And then the day rates, you would just add a zero. <laughs> I did that <laughs> with mathematical precision, right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just add a zero. That should work. You just add a zero. She's like, <laughs> I did that. I did that. <laughs> with like my math genius. And she's laughing about it. But I'm like, dude, let the women do the work. Like that's a it's fucking true. great idea because men are going to pay for it. Right. Just add a zero. There's no science to it. At a zero, they're going to pay. Totally. So this is where we learned that, like, the first time Elliot Spitzer called, he was, like, whispering. And, he, you know, he's probably very nervous. Like, he's the fucking governor of New York. Right. And also, we learn about Ashley. So remember how Ashley at the other one, she was, like, a goddess. Here, she was sort of, like, third tier. She didn't get a whole lot of diamonds in her score on the website. She certainly wasn't the core. She was definitely one of the girls, like, on the edges, the sort of peripheries. She wasn't one of the core girls. <laughs> she was a big fish in a small pond back at New York Confidential. You're in the big time now at the Emperor's Club, sweetheart. It's true. She Girls only... gone wild? That's trash at the Emperor's Club. 100%. She only commanded $1,000 an hour, you guys. Pocket change. Okay, you guys. Remember the one from earlier? Remember Zayna, Zayda, whatever her name was? The one that was like, I don't she date. She her bank account full. <laughs> <laughs> she's back because she's also working at the Emperor's Club mm -hmm. and we get this story where the, the Emperor's Club was international they had big mm -hmm. deal clients on every continent and these escorts were based in New York so they were flying all over the world this girl Zeta gets flown to London to be like the, the quote guest of the Duke of Westminster like actual royalty they're very good friends Patrick how right. dare you <laughs> He doesn't drink. Right. She downed a whole bottle of champagne. <laughs> Girl, Girl after, after my, my own heart. <laughs> She gets drunk and then somehow, I guess, gives him a goog or whatever and finds out who he is. Because there's no way she gets right. hammered and then recognizes him. She looked him up. Totally. Then just hammered and he's <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Duke. 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 <laughs> Crumpets. <laughs> Get me another pot of tea. 
Zayna is hammered next to him. Hammered. Figures out who he is. Downs another bottle of champagne, I'm assuming. And just starts calling reporters. And saying, you'll never guess who I'm next to. Hammered. Hammered. Cece calls it a A mishap. mishap. You know, it was sort of a mishap, if you will. Zayna, of course, is fired. Does not care. She is still giving an interview to camera for this documentary. It's unreal. Cece's like, I don't even know what the problem was. I called it a get-together service. Right. (laughs) So long as you presented it as a get-together service, then you weren't doing anything illegal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's the way she explains it is that, like, look, we were pairing fashion models with rich people. Like, we didn't know what they were going to do. Or, like, school teachers. Right. Or whoever. The problem, Cece, is that you were giving them an hourly rate. The problem, 22-year-olds. <laughs> right, exactly. And you were literally rating their, quote, is on your website. Oh my god. But did you see that though? There's a drop I did. down. I know. I know. I know. With the tattoos and everything. I know. I know. Um <laughs> the look on your face when I said that. Well, you never say that. Do you even know what that is? Girl? I know. I can't say words like that. No, Not because it's female genitalia. I just don't like words like mm-mm, that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Remember when I said boobies at the Pride show? Yeah. <laughs> Also, 22-year-old, uh-huh. you can't send people across state lines. Across, like, or through international waters. And then have an exchange of goods and services for sex and money. Exactly. It's just illegal. So George Fox, a.k.a. Elliot Spitzer, becomes a regular client. Mm-hmm. And he only, you guys, this is where we learned, he only met with Ashley that one time. Right. So this is where we're back to Angelina. And Angelina is talking about how, like, she was once hired to, like, go be with Elliot Spitzer. And she basically hated it. She says this thing where she says... I remember thinking he was, like, I hate to put this crudely, um, a trying to get his money's worth type client. Yeah. What does that mean? And she said she didn't want to see him again after that. And that super makes me cringe. I don't know what that means. She doesn't go into details. Right. So we're kind of just speculating wildly, Joan Calamezzo style. If I'm guessing and totally speculating, I think maybe he was just overzealous. Uh-huh. So she makes it clear she doesn't want to see him again. Like, like she calls the agency. She's like, don't book me with that guy. Then, like, months and months down the road, she gets a last-minute call to go to the Waldorf Astoria. And it's him. And he's in a hat. And she's like, that fucking guy again? I'm and, like, gonna- the eyeglass. And the mustache and the big nose. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cover. exactly. With like a t-shirt that says definitely not De- Elliot Spitzer. No, don't ask me again. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anthony Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> and so they get a room and she's like, well, look, if I'm going to be with this guy, I'm going to do it on my terms. In that and she's second like, meeting, I, you know, I was rather pushy with him. I was like, we're going to sit and have a chit chat and have a nice little date here. And it ended up being a fun couple of hours. Right. If you want the girlfriend experience, let's have a nice conversation after yep. work. And she says, like, he was smart and interesting and funny. Things we know to be true about Elliot Spitzer. I mean, I would insist on having a conversation before we started. I would, like, have my little rants about what was wrong with New York City that needed to be fixed. And he he listened. <laughs> 
Uh, just back to Ashley Dupre for yeah, real quick. Sure. So, you know, he only met Ashley once, but when the story broke, because this, this documentary jumps around. Yeah. So when the story broke, Ashley's like taking those 15 minutes and extending them for as long as she can. Well, because the reason Ashley is a part of this story, even though she only was with him that one time, was because she got caught in a wiretap. Right. So that, that at the time, was the only girl we that the world knew about that Elliot Spitzer had been with, and the world just assumed that she was his like go-to hooker. And she was happy. And she went with it. Happy for that yeah. assumption. And you know what? Honestly, you get your 15 minutes of fame. And at the time, nobody else was talking. Right. No one else from the Emperor's Club. So she's on. She's being interviewed by Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer says this thing. How she often goes, did you see Governor Spitzer? Legally, I am. I'm not able to answer that question. Court documents say they may have had previous encounters. And then it cuts to the, the narrator being like, but the court documents didn't say that. Right, so Diane Sawyer made that up. Or just like got bad information or whatever. Yeah. But this is another, and we, we're just seeing this a lot with I Love You Now Die and just a lot, a lot of stories that we're covering, how the media portrays the narrative and like whatever they say goes. Yeah. Suddenly Ashley was his favorite. Ashley, they were going all over the world together and they were meeting all these times, says Diane Sawyer. Right. Everyone's going to believe her. Of course. That is not true. Yeah, 100%. So this kid, Ashley, Girls Gone Wild Ashley is now the mouthpiece for the secret life of Elliot Spitzer, right. which is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we, we, we're we getting all these stories from Angelina, the one that he actually, that he was with a lot. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, she's saying he didn't like to talk. He didn't want there to be intimacy. It was basically just like quick sex is what he wanted. Uh-huh. And Spitzer then says to camera, like. He gave to temptations in a way that perhaps seems easier and uh, and perhaps is in some very twisted way um, less damaging. Because like I'm paying for a service and there's no real connection there. Exactly. And then we find out that in 2001 he helped bring down a sophisticated prostitution ring. Which all the enemies are like, girl. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, don't make it so easy then. Exactly. Also, Cece. Yeah. 22-year-old Cece, who's now not 22 anymore, cannot stop laughing at the idea that Elliot Spencer wanted a friend or a companion. I know. She, I know. almost in spite of herself, yeah. is hysterical laughing. He was nothing for friends. <laughs> I mean, she's hysterical. And, I know. And the, and the director's um, like... <laughs> you're laughing. I mean, it's, like, it's funny. Because he wasn't at all interested. <laughs> I'm not... From what, I, from what I heard... If you only knew, girl... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like we said, he, he's the governor of New York. He gets to Albany. And all of a sudden we get like 800 minutes about how fucking corrupt Albany is. You guys. I, I know. Did you know? I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, I knew a little, but I didn't know it was that bad from like revolutionary times through today. Exactly. I mean, it's. do you know that the, the uh, Museum of Political Corruption is actually in Albany? Is that right? I didn't no know. No irony at all. Just like, well, <laughs> if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> So the thing is, what what everyone is saying, what he did wrong was that he was trying to do to the Republican-led legislature in Albany what he had done to the finance bros in New York. To Elliot Street. Spitzer, who didn't suffer fools likely, was treating a separate branch of government, the legislature, that could block him at every turn as if he could just push him around like they were Wall Street executives. Well, they pushed back and they pushed back hard. You can't do that to legislators, really. Right. You know that bit that we always do where it's like, ooh, tough yeah, crowd. Yeah. Spitzer was living it. Exactly. So his his big foe in Albany is this guy, Joe Bruno. May I? Please. Yeah, please. That's the garbage. He's the Republican around. Senate leader in Albany, and, and he and Spitzer are just not getting along. He told me repeatedly, we're partners. We're going to get things done. But he didn't know how to negotiate. He didn't know how to compromise. 
and you guys, this is a trend. Enemies everywhere. Right. And enemies for the same thing. He's trying to like, you know, according to them, stop everyone's good time. Exactly. And We're we find- trying to scam the American public into giving us millions of dollars. What's the problem, Spitz? Exactly. <laughs> we got an issue? Just back off, you Debbie Downer. Exactly. Can't we just hang and party? You know, we hear these stories where like Joe Bruno's trying to call Spitzer to like do some deals and try to get things done. And Spitzer says, we're at war. And there's this whole section in here about we learn about Elliot Spitzer's temper. And they say that like his temper tantrums are so bad that his staff gives him a nickname. When he exploded, his staff would remark that Spitzer's evil twin, Irwin, had dropped in for an unexpected visit. Here she comes again. I, Everyone I watch out. I'm like, is that what people say about me when I leave a room? Because I I often have temper tantrums. Uh, Yes. <laughs> and then we cut to present day Elliot Spitzer being like, if I said that, I probably shouldn't have. But the point is, I was right. Right. Exactly. I never denied that I have heated conversations in private. It was me, it is me, so be it. Um, and I think sometimes it's how you get things done. So we're cutting back and forth to like the escort service and his like time in Albany. And we learned from Cece that like Elliot Spitzer was super paranoid mm-hmm. and he's sending all tons of money and he wants to fly Angelina with him like to Puerto Rico, to Dallas, to Florida. But they, they have to like get the money up front and he can't figure out how to do that. Cece's like, just getting a deposit from this guy was right. a real issue. <laughs> Because he doesn't want the paper trail. I was like, this man is so paranoid. He's just going to attract a situation. You know, because he was just asking for it. It's like, listen, man, if you are so worried about what you're doing, don't do it. And he ends up being right about that because what ends up happening is that he like, Elias Pitcher literally like puts on a baseball hat, goes to the bank and arranges a wire transfer to this like fake company, mm-hmm. which is actually the escort service. Right. And he asks the bank to leave his name off of it. And so the bank flags it and sends it up the ladder. Again, I say, Elliot. I know. <laughs> but what we are learning here is that like those flags yeah. happen all the time. Like thousands of times a day, actually. Exactly. Which I was like, a thousand what? Right. <laughs> Rewound know. that four times. This, these flags happen a thousand times a day. Someone yeah. had to have taken a very personal interest in this particular transaction and kind of shepherded it through the process in order for it to be the subject of a lot of attention and ultimately be the basis for a case. The point is, is that all these enemies we've learned about for the last hour and a half, they're now banding together and getting all of their little sources and their little sneaks and their little spies to find a way to bring Elliot Spitzer down. And this is the thing because one, it's like lewd and tawdry. Right. I mean, someone in the documentary is like, look, nothing ever happens in government. Right. So if someone actually like made something happen from a flagged document. Right. There are people on the inside saying you got to make this thing a thing. So the escort service that he's been, you know, using, they get raided. Everyone gets arrested. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, like the black book with all the information is like the FBI has it. Right. And so now the FBI suddenly shows up at Elliot Spitzer's dad's house right. and then shows up at Angelina, the the, the escort's house, mm-hmm. asking all this like embarrassing information. You guys, they, there was Oscar winners in this black book. There were like CEOs. Whatever. Nobody cares about any of the those people. The main thing about that meeting was that they were very insistent and pressuring me in an uncomfortable way, you know, for me to admit that I had sex with Elliot Spitzer. You know, why him and why not anyone else? 
Remember in the beginning when we said that the clients that are never get prosecuted, it's always the escorts and the company? Right. All of a sudden, Elliot Spencer's the exception to the rule. Right. And like all 200 clients can fit on one page. And right. then there are like seven pages just about Elliot Spitzer. And we, right, we learned about this affidavit that's written or filed by the FBI about this whole case. Mm-hmm. And client number nine, which is what this movie is called, which is who Elliot Spitzer was, they say that it, this affidavit was written in such a way so as to give enough information about client number nine that the media would be able to figure out who it was. Exactly. So all of his enemies, all of these powerful billionaires who have nothing to do and access to grind banded together to, to make this happen for Elliot Spitzer because we never learn how the FBI found out about him. Nope. We never learn how the FBI investigation got started. Nope. There's all this speculation, but there's no answers. Right. Because the answer is the most obvious one. Right. Some billionaire told somebody to look at this thing and, and here we are. Like somebody's doing somebody a favor. Yeah. And the reporters ran Angelina out of town because the reporters were told who she was from these like spies on the inside in the government. Right. Because she was unnamed. Exactly. And suddenly they knew her real name and her address and her phone number and she had to leave town. Yeah, so so here we are. Like like Elliot Spitzer is found out. He's not charged with a crime. He's the sitting governor of New York mm-hmm. and we see him come out and give his press conference about what he's but done. I've disappointed and failed to live up to the standard I expected of myself. I must now dedicate some time to regain the trust of my family. And, you know, they have that two-camera interview with him where the director asks him about his wife. Did you learn something about your wife that you didn't expect in this, as a result of this experience? I wish I hadn't needed to learn it. But I learned that the depths of her forgiveness are deeper than our ever to be called for. She's telling him that she wants him to stay governor. She's trying to really help him make political moves, like kind of how to get out of this. So she put her hurt aside to just be as supportive as possible and say, but but what you're doing is good work, you dick. Why are you doing this? (laughs) Right, I know. What you were doing is important. Like, ugh. Right. So she kind of put the good of the people almost. Yeah. Ahead of her feelings. I mean, and his enemies, those two guys that we know that are his political enemies, Uh they go to the 21 Club and celebrate at lunch. Four diners at the 21 Club claimed that they spotted Dick Grasso, Hank Greenberg, and Ken Langone celebrating Spitzer's fall with a magnum of champagne. So in 2008, Spitzer steps down and... Jillian, how does this documentary end? Okay, we just we have to go through this real quick. Bear with me, everybody. Hold hands. This is actually maybe my favorite part. So throughout the years, like Elliot Spitzer's trying to maybe get himself into politics or try to fix things. Every time Elliot Spitzer stirs, yeah. Ashley Dupre is on Fox News. Somehow this Ashley Dupre person is all is a darling of the conservative media. Or in the post. So she yeah. becomes like the dating and relationship advice columnist for the New York Post and does has to do a video about it because of course, Hi, doesn't she? I'm Ashley Dupre. I used to be on the front page of the New York Post. Now, I'm writing for it. That's right. I'm the New York Post's new advice columnist. You guys, she's an advice columnist. And she's on Fox News with... Geraldo. So garbagey. And and he's like, Ashley, will you sing us a song, baby? And she's like, <laughs> oh no, God, I simply couldn't. This, I simply couldn't. I mean, this whole thing was so staged. Because if you remember, it's, she was trying to break into the music business when she was a bottle girl, quote, bottle girl at the right, Gansworth right. Hotel. But, right, because the minute they hand her a different mic, the reverb and all like. that to shit. But she starts singing Let It Snow. I, I know. But okay, okay. <laughs> The weather outside is frightful. The fire is so delightful. 
But since you know place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Ashley Dupree. Yeah. And making like F me eyes to Geraldo. And it's that Britney Spears affect. Yeah. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Unreal. And then they don't even cut to Geraldo because all the idiots of Fox News are like, well, humana, humana. (laughs) And you just hear him go, oh, God, that's great. Or, or something ridiculous. Something insane. Her, Geraldo's garbage. Will you sing for us, my sweet baby? No, I simply couldn't. Oh, I can't. What is this microphone? Girl, we did it. I'm so glad we did client number nine. It was not the documentary I thought it was going to be at all. It was kind of another bait and switch where yeah. I know it's important. I know Broad and Wall Street. But remember Wiener was like so, Wiener was like so fun and like, well, I mean fun's not the right <laughs> word, but like it was very like. You didn't have to learn as much. Exactly. Totally. Again, you guys go listen to our Wiener episode. It is one of my favorites. You guys, before we go, just remember we have two more live shows this year. We've mm-hmm. got one in Toronto in September for the Just for Last Festival. Covering the legend of Cocaine Island. Yep. And then uh, in October, we're doing a live show with Lance and Tim and Maggie from the Missing Maura Murray case. Mm-hmm. All about Maura Murray. You guys, I'm obsessed. Oh, me too. It's going bon- to be bonkers. Get your ticks. Okay. I mean, oh, wait. Do I need to buy a ticket? I no, will. you can come. You're there. You just sit on the stage with us. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget Patreon, you guys. At the $5 level, you get all 90 of our bonus episodes covering episode by episode. Serial, The Jinx, Lorena, Making a Murderer. Madeline McCann. The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. And The Staircase. Yeah. Yeah, at the $7 level, you guys, you get our after party, which is, I, we're about to record another one right we're now. We're almost late, you guys. I know, it's true. But it's basically a recap of our recap, or we just talk about our week or whatever. It's just like Jillian and me hanging out, shooting the breeze. Yep. And you're invited. You're invited. Come hang with us. You, there's plenty of room at our table for That's you. right. Oh, and also at that level, you get the ringtones. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the ringtones. And then at the $10 level, you get ad-free versions of these episodes and then everything else. Right. And $20 level, you get some goodies from us. And the higher level, you, you get everything else below, below exactly. it. Exactly. Girl, let's tell, let's tell the people what we've decided about what we're going to do next. Yeah, we just came up with a plan. Yeah. We are going to try our best to do the Cheshire Murders. So people ask for this one all the time. Mm-hmm. I tried watching this like two years ago before we even started TCO. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't get through it. It was that hard for me. Yeah, I've only watched the trailer and oof maram. Yeah, but you know, we have done really, really, really hard ones before. Yeah. I think that we're, I think we're good at doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going to try. We are going to, right now, we are going to give our best effort to do it. It might be one of those where one of us gives the other one a call sure. halfway through and says, we can't do this. Yeah, so we will keep you posted. We're going to keep you posted. Tuned, but yeah. um, it's our goal to do this for you. We've never had to qualify it like this before. Never. <laughs> uh, girl, where can they find us? TrueCrimeObsessed.com for all of your TCO needs. We are on the Twitter at TrueCrimeObsessed. We are on the Instagram at TrueCrimeObsessedPodcast. Where can they find you? I'm at Jillian with a G on all the things. Where can they find me? At Patrick Hines on the Twitter and at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram. Nailed it. <laughs> your face was so proud even I before know. I got through it. And in my head, I'm like, don't let him down. Don't let him down. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, we love you so much. Stay tuned for the trailer for the Cheshire Murders, mm-hmm. followed by our hilarious outtake. Tam, 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 tam. Tam. And then our palate cleanser. And we'll let you know what it's going to be when we get there. I don't know. We love you. <laughs> love you. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. There's not one word that I can use to describe our town, but it's a phenomenal town. Two men came in and proceeded to do all these awful things to the girls. They set the house on fire and killed them all. 
Kamasayevsky was arrested for 18 home invasions. The warning bells should have been ringing very loudly. If anyone's implying there's a realistic hope that these guys would ever actually be executed, I think they're misleading you. The absolute evil that attacked us versus the goodness that they represented, it's, it's just worlds apart. If closure brings forgetting, I don't want that closure. Spitzer takes pains to point out that he did not have an addiction, that he right. he he had an outlet. Elliot Spitzer is basically Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Except Alex had better eyes. Alex, I call him. Yo, you're the best friend. <laughs> Who knows him better than you do at this point? So I love my quip because I love to brush my teeth with my family. It's like a little morning thing we do together and now. And evening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't forget. See, no one does it right. <laughs> Sexy feet, that's my drag There name. it is. Um, it's taken a while to get I'm here. I'm trying to calm down with it. I feel like it's, we've just, we've wandered off course with that. <laughs> Scone the biscuits! <laughs> it's a fortnight. <laughs> Crumpets. Oh. It's so similar to that moment in the Golden Girls where Dorothy <laughs> is... Dorothy is at a piano bar and they're like, come on, Dorothy, sing for us, doll. And yeah. she's like, I couldn't possibly. What is this sheet music? Yeah, and yeah. she pulls it out of her dress. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Where can we get her Christmas album, though? MySpace. <laughs> now defunct MySpace and we're better off for it. You want to party? It's 500 for kissing, 10,000 for snuggling. End of list. Jokers always want and when they get it, we don't see them till they want it. 